welcome back to Save by the Spell. Well, today I'm very excited. I have a special guest. And again, as per usual, this podcast is not planned, but it really is a matter of being in the moment and seizing the moment. So I'm really excited uh, about my guest today. I, I know them professionally and I've begun to know them personally. Um, and I'm so excited for you to hear what they have going on and what offering they're bringing forward into the grand collective scheme of things. Um, but welcome my guest today, Sterling Moon. Sterling is a tarot reader, psychic medium, educator, and published author. Hi, Sterling. <laughs> Hi, Marcella. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Um, and you do this all, I mean, full time. Like this is your life. This is your job. This is not a hobby. This is something that I know you are passionate about and being, you know, uh, like someone that has, I've, I've received readings from you. Um, and I found them to be so nourishing, so grounding and, uh, kept me in a place of like, still like it just, they were just very supportive, but also still empowering me to make my ultimate decision. So thank you for that. Oh, you are so welcome. And thank you for, thank you for trusting me. I, I love, yeah, this work is a gift. As you know, it's a challenge, but it's also a gift. <laughs> yes. How are you feeling post eclipse? This wasn't, this one was a doozy. This was one of the hardest eclipse seasons I've ever experienced. And I felt like I had to walk my talk in new ways. Like I felt like my brain wasn't working quite the way that I would normally experience it. My emotions were all over the place. I, um, you know, a little bit of a content warning, I guess, for some of your list listeners there, I did experience a, uh, somebody very young and very kind of close in one of my circles passed away very unexpectedly in that eclipse. And so that was also a whole, a whole journey. And I mean, mm -hmm. continues to be, but whew, I feel like now coming out of it, my head feels like it's bad on back on straight. My emotions feel refreshed, but boy, am I glad that I know a little bit about what eclipses can do to a person because yeah. I felt like I had more tools than I, than the general, the general public often doesn't have the tools. They just know things are weird and they feel weird and mm. off and don't necessarily know why. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss. Let me first say that. And, um, Thank you. Eclipses are very, they are quite abrupt. Um, I found that this particular eclipse season, I, I had a lot of like this, like mental clarity, uh, around like old beliefs or things that I've noticed about my, like breakthroughs, you know? Um, yeah. and, and definitely ones that like I've been working on with my therapist, but like also like just really identifying them without the shame around yeah. them, that that's been pretty interesting. And then just like understanding the root, um, and also letting go, like it's, it, it, and, and I know people say, Oh, let it go all the time. I mean, I tell people all the time too, you know, there's a lot of space we can make when we let go, but it's, if it was that easy, we would all just <laughs> do it. Right. Like, <laughs> So I think, yeah. you know, 
if you're constantly like, I need to let this go. I need to let this go. Or people are telling you, you need to let it go. And you're not like, please don't beat yourself up. Like know that you'll do it when you can. Mm-hmm. Um, because even if you're forcing yourself to let something go, but you haven't emotionally or like there's some other aspect that's still hooked into it, like it doesn't just go away. It will keep reappearing. Yes. There was a really, so there's this uh, tip. Thank goodness for like the good therapists out there that are good for like us witchy, witchy folks. Yeah. I have, um, I have, I got a good one myself and she taught me this really great technique. Like, especially when you get that, like that mental cycle of stewing, like, you know, the stew and you're like, oh, this is the feeling I need to let go, but it keeps coming up. And it's this little technique called touch and go where she says, you know what, instead of trying to fight it and scream at your brain and your emotions, you need to stop. She says, name the emotion and you might have to tease it out nation like hurt and shame and whatever. You may have to name them individually, which is helpful in and of itself. And then she says, look it in the face. Just say, I name you. I see you hurt. And I recognize you. I know where you come from and you are free to leave. At first I was like, that's so simple that that's dumb. That's not going to (laughs) help. And then I tried it a few times and I was like, oh my God, this thing actually worked. (laughs) It actually works. So Uh anyway, sorry. No, don't be sorry at all. I mean, it's those techniques that it is quite simple, right? I mean, the basis of it, it's just that getting ourselves to, you know, make it simple or like really see it as like not this giant hurdle. Like, I mean, that's, it's just different efforts, you know, like, and it depends on how attached we are, you know, to the outcome or anything. It's like, I just celebrated 11 years of not smoking cigarettes and congratulations. Thanks. (laughs) Uh, But also I just think about how many times I quit before and then how, like when I was actually ready Mm-hmm. Like, and it wasn't like a superficial ready. Like it was like, or desperation ready. Like I was just like, you know, I'm just done. Done. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I had to do a couple of things to accommodate the physical and the habitual, but I was just done. Totally. And I think that there is like, there is those energetic like shifts almost like, you know, that happen when you are ready to release something. Totally. So I'm so curious um, uh, because one of the things that you do is you offer mediumship and you do a lot of spirit like reading. I mean, I've seen videos and offerings where it's not, it's not seances, right? It's like, Oh, I do those too. Do those too. Okay. Yeah. Spirit communication, right? Like channeling and also like um, in, when you offer those kinds of things, can, can you just talk a little bit uh, to the listeners about like what that, why would someone want to do that? Not, you know, whether it's you or maybe someone coming to you yeah. uh, to communicate with the spirit, what do you think the interest is? Well, so part of it is, this is a little bit of a two-part answer. So I started reading tarot in 1995. And so it's, I've been at this for a while. And I I started reading and teaching professionally in 2013. And in those early days, I didn't really delineate where the messages, you know, that come through the cards, like, where do those messages come from? Or is it just like a random assortment of the cards? And then it just helps us to look at our perspectives in a new way. At a certain point, and 
I really credit, um, I, I had the blessing to get hired as a house reader for Ritual Craft, which is a really, with some of our good friends, we had a popular metaphysical shop in the Denver metro area. And so I was reading for a lot more people. And then I started to realize that like not everybody's readings, the messages came through in different ways where it started to feel like for some of them, it was this outside thing, you know, back in like 2016, I feel like everybody, the word that everybody used was like, I'm an intuitive, I'm an intuitive, intuitive tarot reader. And I was like, yep, I get that. And also it feels like there's messages coming from outside. And so over the years, as I began to pick that apart, I realized I'm like, wait, this is, so there's kind of like the, I can't fully unbraid my mediumship abilities, which is the ability to speak with spirits of the dead, spirits of the natural world, spirits in general, from how I do tarot. Um, it's right. just kind of part and parcel for me. And so um, I started really focusing on like doing a better job grounding and, you know, casting protected space when I worked with my clients so I could better see like, who was it that was coming in? And some of it was like that, you know, highest spiritual guides, like that is definitely, so that's like one of the things people often really are seeking out. You know, if you learn how to communicate with spirits, you can talk with your guides. You have an easier time talk, connecting and hearing and understanding what your highest self is trying to communicate with you. I mean, that's a whole, you know, mind blowing thing, thinking of like, okay, we have the part of our soul that exists in our meat suit, but then there's part of our soul that exists somewhere else. And then it's, anyway, these are the things that I think about, like I spent all my yeah. time thinking about, I know you do, you do, you do too. And, um, but then there's also, you know, spirit communication that allows you to speak with your ancestors, with your grandma who passed away, who you missed and you never got to have that closure with, um, people that you love that you just wish that you could have those moments of just reconnection. And I think that for most people, we all have those experiences of a spirit that will, I think most people have the experience of maybe hearing a song or smelling something that has no connection with what's around them and just being like, I think that was my grandma, or I think that was my best friend who passed away. And that's what we work to cultivate with spirit communication is like, let's make that intentional. And, you know, and for me, my job is uh, when I go into like spirit communication uh, space with my clients, which what that looks like most of the time is I am one-on-one -on -one with somebody and it's like a seance for one kind of, <laughs> we, we, we cast our space, uh, call in, you know, kind of call in each of our spiritual teams, like highest spiritual guides, highest self. And then we call to that spirit and we invite them in. And my job in that that situation is to be a facilitator, a translator, um, a channeler. And we work to just have a conversation that can sometimes be healing for people. And mm. and then I also will work with bigger groups. I will I like hosting seances and and things like, like that. But there's so many varieties and ways that spirit communication can be used and um in any application of spirituality or magic, I could go on and on. <laughs> yeah. I, I think my question next would be kind of like, how old were you when you, I guess, first started communicating with spirits, but also two part to that, how old were you when you accepted that that's what it was? <laughs> yeah. My first memory of 
I have two very early memories. One of them was being in my grandparents' house in Morrison, Colorado, and everybody was upstairs and I was going into the basement and I heard a man cough and there was no, it was just me and my grandma and my, my mom that were in the house. And I just remember hearing that having that moment of like, what was that? And then right. I scurried back, hightailed it back upstairs. The second time was I was six and I was at Girl Scout camp, um, Camp Elliot Barker. And it was really cute. And it was the very last night of camp and everybody's excited and staying up late. And I was talking with my little friends, um, my little camp buddy. And we were the last two awake and I was watching fairies dance over my head. They were these little lights. And when they stood, they slowed down enough. I could tell that they looked like little people. And I asked her, do you see them too? And she said, no. And I watched them for probably, I mean, time, you know, when you're that little is different, but they were, they were not fireflies. They were not anything I'd ever seen before. And um, frankly, I've never seen anything quite like it ever again. So that was earliest. And then I had kind of spooky experiences <clears throat> and a lot of intuitive experiences as I got older. But when my abilities, they were kind of like, okay. I mean, they weren't as strong as they were now. And mm -hmm. when I got um, pregnant with my son at the age of 36, that's when, that's when everything just like dialed up after I had him, it was, the world was really loud. And yeah. I questioned my mental health and yeah. had to take some steps to make sure that I was healthy. And at a certain point, I was like, oh, no, this is what my life looks at like now. And I got to figure out what to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It is that like, it's, it's really intense to be in that place of like questioning, mm -hmm. like, is this really happening? Like, mm -hmm. because I feel like everything feels normal, like, you know, like nothing else is like, Mm -hmm. doing anything weird, like abnormal. Like I still yeah. go to get groceries, still go do this thing. Yeah. Have to like get in my, you know, do the laundry. Like, mm -hmm. but like, it's like, then there's this otherworldly aspect that comes in. Yeah. It's pretty wild. I feel like, you know, I definitely was channeling and seeing ghosts and things when I was really little and I freaked the adults out. Like I remember yeah. telling my mom, like, Grandpa right. Eddie's in the basement and I, I didn't know my grandfather. He died when my mom was three. Um, and then totally. in elementary school, I would draw people like creatures and people and name them. And they were being like, yeah, totally. Um, yeah. But well, like, a lot hard, of especially when you're a kid, you get told that you're lying. You get, yeah, you get told you're lying and you get, you know, kind of hushed for having like, oh, your imagination. I think I freaked them out though. Like I really freaked my mom <laughs> out. She was really scared. And and then mm -hmm. like, you know, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother who was super Catholic, mm -hmm. but you know, her sister, my, her, my grandmother's sister, Margaret, she, you know, they're Italian strigas. Like she did the Malokia and like all of that stuff, mm -hmm. but what I didn't find out, like flash forward to 18, I overdosed and it was like mm -hmm. all the lights came on. Um, mm -hmm. And I definitely questioned my sanity after that. But then um, I just pushed it away. I, I, I didn't want to acknowledge it, you know, and um, and then in my 20s, 
I had a spirit take over my body while I was awake in New Orleans. Of course, I was there for an art show <laughs> and it was, it was really surreal because it felt like I always tell people like, well, what they're like, well, what is it? What did it feel like? And it, I, I say it, it feels like I'm in the backseat of a car while someone else is driving my that's bum. exact that's exactly how I always describe it. I'm in the it's like you get in the back seat and yes. uh, and I'm seeing everything like my body is doing stuff. I'm saying stuff and I'm like I'm like watching from the back seat and then um you know flash forward to you know just I don't know how old am I, 45, like 42 years old. Mm-hmm. I find my biological father. And the first thing he says to me is, I looked you up on the internet. I see you took that gift of ours and turned it into a living. And I was like, what? What? Tell me more. Excuse me? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you know, I've read tarot cards too. He goes, and you know, it's like, we see stuff, you know, your grandmother was a tarot card reader at Woodstock and your great grandmother was institutionalized for seeing things. Oh. Um, so I'm like, you meaning to tell me that this has been here all along, but I just didn't have access to the information. So it's it's quite, uh, you know, it's it's fascinating because I do think that yeah, there are some people maybe it's a little more developed, maybe because <clears throat> it's been kind of worked on through the family. I I do think everyone has access, but not everybody wants to have access because they are afraid. Now, totally. How do you deal with people who want access, but are afraid? What do you, you know? Well, there's kind of two people, like there's two varieties of folks who have the fear. So there are the folks who the gifts are strong and that's one of the things that they're scared of. And so for those folks, I often... I mean, I'm pretty tell it like it is. I mean, I try to be like, you know, compassionate and supportive, but also I'm not going to like blow sunshine up your skirt. Right. And so (laughs) it's, um, you know, for those folks, I'm like, cool, if you have this gift and this is something that's already showing up, you can push it away, but it's not going to go anywhere. And so it's like anything when you try to like avoid something in your life that's there and because oftentimes what I have seen is that people will come to me when they've had these gifts and for whatever reason, they're getting stronger and they're having more of these experiences and sticking your head in the sand. I mean, at, at a certain point, it just stops working. And so for me, I will often approach those folks of like, okay, you know, there is a way that you can, I always think of it as like a volume control knob. Yeah. You can like, you know, a lot of folks walk around with the volume control knob turned all the way up and it doesn't have to be that way. Right. And so grounding, protecting, learning some control, knowing, you know, it's, there's control with like in, with an asterisk because we can never have full control over something that we won't understand until we are on the other side. Sure. And then there's the folks who um, want to have those, like they're, they maybe don't have super strong natural gifts want to maybe they're intrigued, but they're also scared for those folks. The first step is working on that fear, Mm -hmm. because if you start this journey scared, you will attract and you will find more things to be afraid of. But if you can get in trouble, but if you can get a hold of that fear and cultivate it into neutrality and curiosity, then you'll start to have much more interesting experiences in my opinion. 
Yeah. Well, that's why I'm so excited. Um, I want to get right to talking about what you've got coming up because especially for yeah. people who are curious or intrigued, or even if you're uh-huh. seasoned, like in, in knowing, um, but you have a book that is coming out that I've had the privilege of getting some sneak peek, uh, <laughs> um, uh, access to, <laughs> and, um, Yay. and, and I am, I'm really excited because there is a ton of literature out there, but like, there is no, there, I don't see literature that is like about development and care and like in the way that you express, um, your connection, you know, to mediumship and to your own abilities. Um, so tell us, you know, for those who are listening, tell, you know, tell everyone about your book, what's going on that the, let us know. <laughs> I would love to the book, baby. That's what I feel like. It's, it's a yeah. long process of getting these things out there. The book is called Talking to Spirits, a Modern Medium's Practical Advice for Spirit Communication. And it's being published by Llewellyn. And it's uh, it's an Aquarius. It's going to be coming out in February of 2023. And it is the I keep I keep describing it as the book that I wish I had had when yes. I was first getting started with my journey. When I realized at age, like I think about 37, when was when I started to realize I need to figure out what to do with this, otherwise it's going to make me a very unhealthy person. And I just dove in head first and tried to find books and resources. And there just wasn't a lot of modern things no shade, no shade on the new age folks, but I'm also probably going to throw some shade towards the new age folks. <laughs> some of the, like the, like the traditional psychic medium stuff just yeah. really didn't. I, I just, I don't know. It just, I was like, I'm not, I, I felt like I was going to have to have wear like caftans and have rainbows behind me. And like, anyway, yeah, it just was not for me. And so as I was struggling and bumbling and trying to fit, find my way, I spoke with a friend who was studying the Scandinavian um, folk magic tradition of trolldom. And she said she was telling me about the way that spirits of the dead and spirits of the natural world are approached through um, through the trolldom tradition. And she connected me with her mentor who I was able to study with for almost two years. And so that was having that foundation of, you know, having an elder that was teaching me and walking me through a different way to work with spirits of the dead. Um, I'm kind of like getting to the point of like how I got to the, what the book does. And so after two years of study and also reconnecting with things that I loved from my past, like my family has been exploring haunted locations since I was little. And so like reconnecting with, um, you know, I don't really consider myself a paranormal investigator because I'm more just like a paranormal tutor and explorer. <laughs> and so connecting with some of that background and also starting to learn more traditional classic mediumship take techniques. Uh, by the time I was done with my apprenticeship, I was starting to just log the things that seemed to work for me and the things that I was developing. And like at a certain point I started to realize this looks rather bookish 
And so I started with how, if somebody were just at the very beginning and wanting to develop their mediumship abilities, how would I take all of that information of paranormal, you know, investigation strategies, folk magic and mediumship techniques how could I package that all up together to maybe give somebody a better foundation than I had when I first started was starting. And, mm. um, it covers everything from the different types of spirits. Cause not everything is, you know, a ghost, a, a spirit of a human dead person. Right. Um, it talks a little bit about elementals, cryptids, aliens, time slips, aggregores, demons, of course, and other negative entities and also deities, angels, saints, Mm. as much as broad as I could get it. And then getting into the practical information of like, how do you talk with spirits? How do you protect and ground? How do you hold a seance? Maybe what is some etiquette? How do you think about ethics? How do you find uh, an ethical spiritual worker if, if, and when you get in over your head, talk a little bit about the scammer, the scammerama ding dong situation on yeah. social media. <laughs> um, so yeah, I tried to just cover all the bases and it's a book. <laughs> Amazing. That's so exciting. Thank you. That's, yeah, it's a really big deal. And Thank you. Um, I, I just like, can't wait for that to be in the world and for other people to have that because, right. I think, it's like what you said. It's like, I, I'm making something that I wish was there. Yeah. When I, you know, um, and I feel like that is one of the best ways of looking at it. You know, it's like, it's a labor of love, but it's also like, um, yeah. it's kind of, it's super gotta be super healing for those earlier years for yourself too, to be able to be like, okay, we have tools now and we can share them. Yeah. Yeah, it's really a good magical. way of putting. That's a good way of putting it. I mean, I yeah, I love that. I love that. I mean, wow, what a what a <laughs> what a journey. And it's it's not a you know. I have to say that a lot of stuff. You know, the more we know, the more we have to like evolve. So, mm-hmm. and it's not shade to look at like previous works or creations that are out there, even if they feel like antiquated, but that, that I think if you're feeling like you're not seeing things that resonate with you Mm -hmm. and you're feeling the call and desire to create something that does then do it's needed. Too many people don't hear that call. Yeah. Um, and they don't do anything because they're scared or they're just like, oh, no one's going to want it. Yeah. And I think I think you should just do it anyway. And the right people will find it or at least they'll be grateful to have found it. Um, how I dream of mine is that maybe someday. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. A dream that I have is that years and years from now, like there's going to be some kid or like young person who finds it in like a dusty used bookstore Mm -hmm. and that that's going to be like the thing that like help you know I don't know it's just like that thing that it might be help somebody years down the road who's just going to find it in this really like (laughs) it finds it in a little free library 30 years from now well that or maybe someone has treasures it and gifts it to them you know which I think you know there's that other thing too like this was super valuable to me let me share it with you 
I don't know if you noticed that one of us, a story that starts with you is in there. I don't oh, know if you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Marcella, for, for those who are listening, there's a, a story called Discovering Darda in there. Yeah. And it started with a reading with Marcella where she she tuned in with one of you tuned in with one of my ancestors and was like, mm-hmm. I don't know. This person is from somewhere in Eastern Europe and wants you to make this potato dish. And I and it, this seems really important. And yeah, it ended up being important. And I followed instructions and the potatoes were terrible, but he was really happy. And it was a meaningful ancestral connection. So I am always impressed by the amount of food and drink that spirits want. Right? <laughs> Oh my, I mean, I guess if I couldn't have them anymore, there's a lot of things that I would want. Like I would want like coffee and tacos and chocolate. I don't know. Mangoes. Like, holy cow. Well, I mean, think about it. Right. I mean, a lot of, yeah. Spirits of the dead or the things they want in the afterlife. Mm -hmm. It's like those offerings. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I, I already have like, when I die, like, mm-hmm. this is probably pretty morbid, but go for it. <laughs> I'm sure. If you're listening, you're, you know, you've heard me talk before. Um, if not, uh, here we go. Um, <laughs> when I have a, I have like a last, you know, in my like last wishes request with, um, brand actually from magic hour candles that when I die, I want to be cremated um, but m- my wish is to have my ashes made mm-hmm. into a candle um, for manifesting, like like so that people like in my life can each like everyone can have like a candle that helps them uh, magically manifest something really important, like yeah. uh, for them, you know. So like it would be like I love that a little like gasoline on there <laughs> on their Heck yeah. <laughs> that's not morbid at all you know my my husband and I I think you know with the oh gosh like with the the pandy with the pandemic yeah and also having a kid we had this moment of like oh we need to kind of make sure we have all of our orders and and better you know a little more locked in than they are now and so we worked with an attorney on like a, a will and all that stuff and I had very specific requests for, you know, for when I, and anyway, at one point I asked her, I was like, I don't see the things that I I asked you that are going to go in here about, you know, and she just said, a lot of what you asked for isn't legal. (laughs) (laughs) And so she's like, we'll just put it in an envelope and you're going to just have to like me, somebody's going to have to make sure they find it. She's like, I'm not putting that in a legal document. You can't do that. That was like, okay. then. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) I I didn't, I didn't think it was that wild, but whatever. (laughs) That is funny. Well, I, I'm, I'm so excited for you. Again, you said you. It, the book comes out in February. It does. It's available for pre-order now through like the big, the big box stores. And, um, or if you can go to, to Llewellyn directly and pre-order it right now. Wonderful. I will leave in the show notes links to, uh, to that uh, pre-order to buy it. And also to all of Sterling's accounts, her socials and her website. Is there anything else that if you could share like one thing about mediumship to anyone who is curious is there anything that you would want them to know 
And that's a big question, but is there, even if it's like one piece of advice or something that they should know to anyone who's curious about mediumship and exploration of it, what would you tell them? I would tell them that mediumship gives you an opportunity to get in touch with your belief system in a really real way that will also allow a lot of folks come to mediumship, um, often with a lot of spiritual trauma of, you know, maybe growing up with religious, religious backgrounds where they were kind of told what happens when we die Mm. and a lot of fear and being curious about what happens when we die and whether or not we can speak with our loved ones again, being open to exploring that can be unbelievably healing. You can have some very weird and wonderful experiences on the flip side always be very, very cautious of anyone who is a medium or, you know, speaks with spirits who claims to know exactly what happens. We can't know it's a mystery and it's very, it's very likely that there's absolutely no way for us to fully embrace and understand what happens when we die, the other types of spirits that may be out there. And yet like be curious, be a little cautious with those things and just let it unfold a much more magical way of existing. It can absolutely change your life and make the world so much more rich and curious and amazing. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here today and spending some time with me. How can people find you? Well, my website is sterlingmoontarot.com and I'm pretty active on Instagram at at sterlingmoontarot. Had to think about that for a second. (laughs) And um, yeah, those those are the easiest ways to find me. Okay. And then you are, are you currently seeing clients like in person and virtually? Yeah. So I have a, um, a private office that I rent, uh, that's inside of ritual craft, the metaphysical shop that I mentioned earlier, all bookings go through my website though, but yeah, I see clients in person and, and also virtually I offer tarot spirit contact sessions. Sometimes I offer seances for smaller groups of folks. I do animal communication sessions once a month on a sliding scale. And then I also have a school called the Sterling Moon Divination Academy. And I offer longer term virtual programs that are focused on divination and mediumship and with more to come. Brilliant. Thanks again, Sterling. And thank thank you, you, everyone. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a beautiful rest of your year. I don't know when I'll be back. It might be with the new season beginning in January. So until next time, blessed be. Mm